0: Hope that you are all having a lovely week. I am writing this podcast as I am flying down for a little vacation in Florida. So I am looking forward to a little bit of sunshine and some fun and relaxation. Today, I am thinking about this phrase and I have a great analogy for you, which I will start with a little story. This came up in my life this week as I was visiting a classroom. It brought to mind this phrase And I got to thinking about what this phrase really means, that moment in time when you feel like you are banging your head against the wall. But what does that action really mean? Why would anyone ever really bang their head against the wall? Is there something that they are trying to accomplish? Are they trying to move the wall? I think that it is a phrase that just shows the frustration of someone who wants something else to stop. Think of an annoying noise and how it would bother you. And maybe the place in your body where it bothers you is in your head, maybe your ears, maybe your brain. But instead of stopping the noise, someone tries to stop the uncomfortable feeling in their brain. They try to stop it at the symptom of discomfort, at the end result of that incident, at their head. Instead of stopping it at the source of the discomfort, or at the beginning of that chain of events of that incident, which would be the person or the thing that is making the noise. And that is exactly what I wanna talk to you about today. I think that this analogy makes a lot of sense. So let me tell you the classroom example that got me thinking about this after visiting this classroom this week. Let's say that you are the teacher in the classroom and you have a child who is banging on a musical instrument, there is this beautiful steel drum in this classroom, and it makes a beautiful noise. Really pretty, soothing notes, and it comes with a drumstick. When you hit the drum with the intended end of the drumstick, the one with the ball shape at the end of the stick, it sounds beautiful. Great for a classroom where you want musical instruments, but obviously you wouldn't want the sound to be very loud and annoying. Well, there is a particular child in this class, it was a preschool classroom, who loves the drum. He actually grew up around drumming in the family, so from a very young age, he was just obsessed with drumming on anything and everything. So this particular musical instrument was a great idea. It was his favorite activity after all, with a nice quiet sound. However, this child had discovered quite quickly that if he turned the stick around and hit the drum with the other end, just the plain old stick end, that he could create a louder sound this louder sound is much more pleasing to his ear as his teacher can tell by his desire to use only that end of the drumstick. To his teacher's ear, however, this is not a desirable sound as the classroom can get louder and louder with the drumming and then children trying to talk over the drumming and then children trying to talk over each other. So, How would this teacher stop the problem? In this analogy, she could stop it quite easily by going to the source, the child and the drum. From there, there is more than one option that might work. She might teach the child how to use the intended end of the drumstick or the drum goes away. She might allow the child to use the instrument in his preferred way but maybe use a timer for the turn to keep it to a manageable length of time. She might alter the drumstick so that it has two identical ends. I could keep going on with other options, but you get the idea. If there were 100 classrooms with 100 teachers and this same identical problem, it may be solved in many, many different ways. The teacher can really Just try one way and see if it works, and if it doesn't, keep trying another until she finds a solution to the problem. However, in this example, the teacher banging her head against the wall to stop the discomfort in her brain is really not a solution that will fix the problem. Not unless the teacher knocks herself unconscious, which temporarily would fix the problem in the moment, but of course will create another problem of an unconscious teacher in the middle of the floor in a preschool classroom, instead of having a safe leader in the room for the children. So clearly not the ideal solution. Let's take this analogy, which so far just sounds very much like beginner level common sense, right? And relate it to something that you're doing in your life. And hopefully you can get some kind of an aha moment for yourself. What I'm really hoping for, what my goal is, for those of you listening, is to once in a while to have something close to a Mind blown moment. I love it when that happens. And honestly, because I listen to a lot of podcasts from my few very favorite podcasters, I very often hear one little thing or an analogy that is new and just makes so much sense. And then my jaw drops open and I continue to think about that one thing over and over again. And it leads to some very little but very significant change in my life. So that is what I am wishing for, for all of you. So I am going to use a very common example that I think a lot of us might be able to relate to. Diet. Are you ready? Let's think about this. What if we approached going on a diet in the same way as that teacher who doesn't yet know about all of the options that might work. Now stay with me because I know that you logically know many of the options that could work for a diet. You see others who are successful with losing weight and you have heard all about what they did that worked for them. So you have to stay with me here to get exactly what I want to show you with this example. Let's say that the teacher does know that there are many options that she can try that can work with the drumming, giving her a headache. She knows it logically. But in that moment, when that child is banging and banging and banging, it will act like a trigger for her. Which actually will take her brain out of the executive state of being able to make a rational decision and look at the options and pick one of them and put her into the emotional state. Now, I am talking about the three brain states here. If you want to learn a little bit more about that, I encourage you to. Go to the Conscious Discipline website and look at the very basic information about the brain state. I am going to talk about them a little bit here, but I think you will be able to understand the gist of what I'm saying, but absolutely dive in deeper to that through Conscious Discipline to learn more about it. Okay, so the teacher is in the emotional state. She is going to do just that. She's going to act emotionally maybe show her frustration a little, get a little snippy or short in her conversation with the children. And then if she really isn't able to get herself out of that emotional state, back up to the executive state, and she feels like her head is going to explode, then she will continue right down into the safety state. And in that safety state, you actually lose your language. It is our primitive state where you feel like if a problem isn't getting fixed, you will die. That is what that irrational part of your brain, the amygdala, is going to tell you. Just make it stop. With the diet example, when you get frustrated and you get down in that emotional state, you are going to forget all about those good options that you can choose that you can access if you were in your executive state using your prefrontal cortex and making good decisions, that part of your brain that can make good decisions. In your emotional state, you're probably going to just keep using your old familiar routines or the kind of diets that you have tried before over and over and over again, forgetting that you ended them in the past when they were not working. Let's pretend that your go-to diet is a super strict one. You make this food plan that is a huge radical change to the way that you normally eat. And then when you don't follow it 100%, you get angry at yourself, and then you just throw the diet out the window. Or maybe your go-to diet in the past is to follow a food plan on all of the weekdays, and then you abandon the diet on the weekend. And your result might be that you lose weight Monday through Friday, and then you regain that same amount back on the weekend. So you never make any progress. Or maybe it is that your diet is to cut out high-fat foods and eat everything low-fat, but overall you are eating a number of calories or an amount of sugar that doesn't really result in any weight loss. You get the idea. In this emotional state, you turn to the actions that feel most familiar. We might compare that to the teacher telling the child to stop drumming which seems like a reasonable action. And maybe it's an action that a lot of other people would agree with. But if you look at the results, at the outcome, at the reality at the end, it just doesn't work. It's an ineffective solution because it doesn't get you the result that you want. And if you drop further from the emotional state down into that safety state, where you really don't feel safe. This is where your brain, your amygdala, is just giving you that false protective message that if you continue this diet, you are just going to die. So what are your actions in that safety state? You will probably just eat. You will sabotage your diet and just tell yourself that you slipped and blew the diet anyway So, you might as well blow it some more, or that it's almost the weekend and you deserve it, or that it's a special occasion, so you should treat that like a weekend, or that the diet isn't working anyway, so what's the point? So, you eat to give yourself that comfort that the safety state craves to quiet down your amygdala, but essentially, It is the same as that teacher banging her head against the wall to stop the noise, trying to satisfy that false message that says you're going to die. When you feel safe and when you feel connected to others or connected to yourself, then you can rise above that safety state and above the emotional state, and make decisions from the executive state. You will be able to access your prefrontal cortex and intentionally look at what options are available and be able to assess what you are trying and whether or not it's working and change the things that are not working. We would be able to figure out what diet and what exercise plan we would actually be able to stick to. We would be able to figure out what to do when we don't want to stick to what it is that we planned. We would be able to see that when we are taking actions that are just not giving us the result that we want, we could look at the problem objectively and try new options that we have never tried before. And then before I leave you with this, I want you to also be able to apply this concept from this example to other areas of your life as well. Because for some of you, you don't need or want to lose weight right now. And I want to make sure that I leave you with some help as well. And even if you do want to lose weight right now, I also want you to see that this is a universal transferable concept. So think about something that comes up in a relationship that you have with someone that comes up over and over again. Do you have that going on somewhere in your life? I know that I do. And we probably keep trying to talk it through most of the time in the exact same way that we always do, especially if we get into our emotional states. Then our habit actions And the emotions to go with it just take over. How about work? Do you have anything at work that you would love to change, but the same thing keeps happening over and over again without a real solution? Is there any action that you take there that feels habitual, but doesn't really solve the problem? Another big one might be finances. How many people are perpetually working on paying off their debt and it never ends. You are just always in that same place trying to do it in exactly the same way that you've tried to do it before. There are a lot of other areas, if you really put your mind to it, that you can apply this to your friends, your activities, hobbies, exercise, your children, relatives, holidays, travel, I bet you can come up with more categories than I can even think of right now at the moment. Any area of your life in which you are having a recurring problem that just never gets solved, even though you are telling yourself that you keep trying to solve the problem over and over again, but it just isn't working. The very first step is always going to be to recognize that you are in fact banging your head against the wall. So I am hoping that after listening to this podcast, you will be motivated to recognize these areas of your life and to get excited about beginning to look for real solutions to all of the little problems out there in your life and that there is a lot less head banging out there as a result. Because when all of the little problems in your life start meeting the solutions, well, then it's going to feel like magic. I am wishing you all a magical week. Goodbye, my friends.